Good. How are you? Not too bad other than surviving Melbourne weather, but that's okay. What about you guys? Well, I'm surviving Sydney weather here. It's freezing cold. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we going to talk about today? Well, I thought what we was a question that got brought up on my Facebook group um, and it was tips for building confidence in the saddle. Sounds like fun. Very relevant to me. It is and it's actually a really complex thing Um, because as Nikki who asked this particular question on my group said is that she wants some tips you know, for building confidence in the saddle because she's got this really awesome horse but she just feels her nerves are holding her back. Yeah. And that's really interesting how that question's even been phrased because it's like, look, logically, you know, I've got this great horse, therefore logic says that I should be going forward but my nerves are holding me back. And I think just that question actually presents like really the main problem with confidence issues is that people think you can just logic yourself out of it Um, and that you're just being irrational and um, it's just stupid and you should put your big girl's panties on and, you know, get over it and you're just not being brave enough, you're just being a chicken, blah, blah, blah. You can't do that, by the way. No, no, (laughs) because it's not logic, okay. You're um, You're dealing with actually some pretty deep stuff um and it's not just one thing and you know while some people might have uh you know one issue some people might have a multiple issues and that's what I want to talk about today of what you know of the last few years because I you know deal with a lot of horses that have problems or people that are just interested in training is I get to really you know each person is like a little case study (laughs) (laughs) on their confident, their confident issues. So what I've found over time is that I've got to find, you know, you know, people have, there's different kind of elements to confidence and um, it's not just one thing and uh, some of them can be quite deep um, issues. And I thought what I do is just in our little podcast here, I just run through a couple of things that I've, um, that I've found in a few theories that I've met. Um, well, not I've met, that I've, you know, developed over time. It's it's kind of like an evolving thing that every time I meet someone, it kind of adds to my kind of data on my thoughts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I thought what we do, we talk about that because I don't, there's not many people who haven't had experience with confidence in one way or another, even if it was just short-term or long-term or a constant battle you know, or a change that happened when they became a mother or after they had an accident, etc. So I thought it yep. would be like a pretty interesting thing to talk about. Sounds good. Yeah, and also something that, you know, you and I have talked about it. Um, you know, oh gosh, I've, I, it's kind of interest, interested me um, because, you know, I've had experiences myself and, you know, I'm picking and understanding myself has been, um, as well as helping others, has been a big factor of understanding it. Absolutely. And it's something that we discuss. The more people that we see come through clinics, everyone has it on a different level. Yeah. And we're all kind of on a spectrum. And then you meet someone and you're like, how do they not even flinch when a horse is threatening them? (laughs) Where other people 
they can't even, the thought of sitting on a horse is overwhelming. Yeah. Well, what we can do to start with, I thought, let's talk about the brave rider. Okay, the inverted yeah. commas, the brave yeah. rider. You know, what makes these people brave? And so what I've done is I've gone to these people that you could label as brave riders and, you know, I've kind of interviewed them, you know, to find out about them. And there's some key things that kind of set them apart and kind of understanding these people also lets you help help understand confidence issues a little bit. Yeah. So first of all, with the brave riders, what I found is first of all, I'm going to talk about the simplest thing, is men versus women. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the majority of people that are described as brave riders, you know, um, the majority of them are men. Okay. Just, and why? Okay. Why? So I think after like, you know, interviewing them and asking them questions and just being associated with them, men, what I found is when they ride, they tend to very much focus on what they're doing. They have a single thought in their head. Like, (laughs) what are you thinking? What do you mean? I'm riding over there. Very simple. So my belief and theory is that, the less thoughts in your head, the better, okay, uh, for the horse. Yeah. And um, therefore, if you've got someone that's just thinking, I'm riding over there, you know, they're not worrying about the what ifs or what's going to happen there or if the horse is feeling worried about something. Most of these men that I describe as brave riders, they just think about what they're doing and what they're doing only. Okay, so the inside of them and their thoughts is the same as on the outside. So they're not, haven't got the what ifs or worried about this or worried about that. They're just doing their job and they're riding over there. So I think with horses, horses are able to connect to people um, and be guided and followed people that have kind of less thoughts in their head. So I think that's number one thing that I've put, put out there. So that's um, just like being present. Yeah, absolutely. Paying attention and just focusing on what they're doing. Riding over there not doing a circle or doing a dressage test and hoping to score well, that's way too many. And whether that movement was any good or not, no, it's just do it. That's just focusing on that moment and what they're doing. Okay. So next um, thing about the brave rider is that they tend to trust the horse to be a horse. They trust first before they assume the horse is not going to be trustworthy. So they wait for the horse to do something before they don't trust it. But otherwise, up until that point or whatever, they trust the horse to be a horse. And lots of them, when you talk about this, will say that. You know, it's just like, you know, one, you know, really good young eventer that I was talking to, she uh, described First of all, she didn't consider herself brave at all, <laughs> um, even though, you know, if everyone else would look at her and go, she was very brave. She didn't think that. And, in fact, she, you know, she'd had some moments with horses that she'd describe as terrifying. Um, however, at each time she trusts the horse would get over itself. You know, like, like um, Heidi's another good one, your friend Heidi, when she was yeah. describing, um, I think it was George at the Beach 
and how he's <laughs> yeah. having a uh, he was having actually this is a really good quote well I'm not going to say word for word what she said because I can't remember it but George her horse was uh, I think he was freaking out at the waves <laughs> at the beach and Heidi yeah. thought it was funny okay <laughs> even though it was quite scary because she knew George would get over it that's what she said see she trusted him she knew what it was it was the waves she trusted George to be George that he wouldn't do anything too terrible and then he'd get over it that's trust okay so these yeah, people trust first I didn't trust him it was quite terrifying no. to me but Heidi did but yeah. Heidi did because Heidi's a truster okay she trusts horses to be horses <laughs> the next aspect of them is that they they don't, they, they're happy, well, let me put it this way, they don't freak out at feeling out of control. Okay, so these are people that like going fast. They like scary rides. Okay, feeling out of control they think is actually good fun. So is that okay, the way so that they deal with adrenaline as well? Yeah, they, they don't mind taking risks. You know, you can call it a personality trait or whatever, but personally, personality traits are more like nature or nurture. What are they anyway? We'll probably touch on that a bit more as we talk. But they don't mind feeling out of control. It's not uncomfortable to them. Okay? Or there's degrees of it. They don't mind feeling a bit out of control. You know, they like going on a ride. They might not like... um, they might like going on a roller coaster. They might not necessarily like free-falling out of an aeroplane. There might be a limit to it, but they don't mind feeling a bit out of control. So if the horse goes fast, that doesn't worry them. You know, like I remember um, one horse that was owned by one of my clients and she didn't like going fast. Okay, she liked and she got worried about the horse because the horse's natural gait was quite forward. So it used to worry her and then the horse got sold to another of my clients and this client just loved just the free, the free flowing movement of the, of the horse and she wasn't put off at all by She loved the forwardness. So, you know, there's, you know, different kind of ends of the spectrum when it comes to that, that feeling of like of, of fast or speed or whatever. Yeah, so um, there's, I could probably go on um, about it, but they're, the, um, they're kind of the main really interesting points. The other thing is about the horse, the riders that might call Bray, is that a lot of the times they've never had a negative experience. They haven't fallen off. Nothing bad's ever happened to them. They haven't nearly died. No. So they haven't had anything or if they have, they attributed to something else. So they didn't blame the horse. They were able to, they, they, their, um, their analysis of what they got from the situation was something else. You know, they didn't blame the horse or it didn't get associated with being ridden. It was something else. Um, that that they're kind of their brain, and we'll talk about what brains hang on to. So therefore, it hadn't what had happened to them has not impacted their riding. Yeah, so they're the brave riders. Okay, that we'll label in inverted commas brave riders. Okay, and now let's talk about confidence issues. So the first group. Now, as I said, I'm going to start this. I'm going to go through like the different facets of what I believe. It impacts on someone's confidence in the saddle. Now, some people can have a couple of these, multiple. Some people can have all of them, okay? <laughs> but these are the ones, and I'll talk, when I talk about them, I'll talk about how easy or tricky they are, okay? Because sometimes 
sometimes they can just be a lack of confidence can be because they're just inexperienced, right? So yeah. they're doing something that they don't just have the skills for, that, you know, horses, they're posing and they just don't have the skills for it. So they feel uncomfortable in that confidence because they lack, they lack a sense of competency about what they're doing. So this is a very superficial level. So these people you can help just by showing them what to do, okay, and then their confidence improves. That's the very surface level. The next level down is when people have had something happen and their, um, their fear centres or their subconscious, because remember you've got your conscious self but you've got your subconscious self that sits behind your conscious self. And yeah. it, its job is to navigate you through life to keep you safe, identify things that are good and positive and, and cause growth and those things that should be avoided, okay? So when you have something happen, um, that subconscious can learn and identify that as being unsafe. Therefore, it will want you to, it will encourage you to avoid that situation by making you feel uncomfortable. Okay, but what the subconscious self does is it actually filters all the information from your senses, what you see, what you hear, what you smell, etc. It filters it through the subconscious, and it and it and it basically puts a lens on the, the what the conscious mind can sense and see. So, if the subconscious have picked up something's dangerous, just say these people that have had a you know a scary experience. Um, where the horse have fallen off or horses run over the top of them or, you know, something's happened. The subconscious self uh, has learnt from that experience that therefore horses or riding or it might even just be riding on the road or riding in the bush, it can be, it depends, all depends what the subconscious has decided to pick up on, Yeah, uh, is dangerous. So therefore it puts this lens of like negativity over what people can see and sense and feel, you know, like it's trying to, your subconscious self is just trying to, um, it's just trying to look after you. He doesn't know that you really love horses and this is what you want to do. It just wants to look after you, okay? So that feeling, that discomfort and those nerves that you feel is your subconscious fear centres going step away from the horse. This is dangerous, okay? Or don't ride there. This is dangerous, you know, or it's raining or windy because that's what happened when you fell off, you know, this situation, these things, these red flags of all moons all of line and therefore this is dangerous, makes you feel uncomfortable, gives you nerves. Okay, this is so, all hitting very close to home. Yes, yes, because just say with you, you had a really nasty wreck off a horse yeah. and that impacted on your confidence, didn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Before that, how were you? Would you describe yourself as a brave rider? Um, I was right. I would get on and ride anything. I was cautious, but I, I, was, I was aware of what, my limits were but I'd get on and ride anything in most situations and it didn't worry me yeah but after this experience everything changed oh absolutely because your subconscious self through fear centers have identified that the horses are dangerous okay so yeah so that's that that, that's kind of the next level down of confidence issues yeah all right now um that can be helped as well. So people with this problem here, that can be helped. It's just you've got to show the brain and the subconscious that riding horses is actually safe. So you can down-regulate its kind of warning, warning, warning by getting the person to have 
you know, good successful experiences. So not putting their big girls' panties on and, you know, pushing through and um, making them uh, making themselves perpetually uncomfortable, that, do- that doesn't work. You know, that's just feeding the fear centres. But, you know, setting them up to have successful rides or, or, you know, work with horses successfully. And we'll talk more about that. But, but you can down-regulate by, sh- by showing and, and giving enough successful safe experiences that you can turn down those fear centres and those that can, you, can, you can grow someone's confidence just say with time and being smart about how you're approaching your riding and what you're doing with the horse. Okay, but let's delve down to the really, really tough layers, okay, because these layers, like you very quickly go, oh, I can identify with that. I had bad experience. You can do that. But what I'm going to talk about now is these things when, you know, this is really when you dig deep into people because these are still things that have been learnt but they've typically not necessarily associated with horses. And not conscious. No, they're not conscious. And they're actually beliefs. They're like beliefs, deep beliefs that you that people are not actually even aware of. These are things that um that are believed to have got programmed into you through life. And typically when you were a child. So there's debate about whether that's nature versus nurture. You know, are are these inherent into you like a trait of your personality and therefore part of your DNA? Or were these things that were learnt, okay, through life experience? And your environment. Yeah. So there, but the research that I read on it identifies them as probably being a bit of both. Yeah. So anyway, let's have a look at them. So when, when you're a child or even, if, you, if a human ever experiences a strong emotional response, okay, and it's left unresolved, that can get locked in right to your subconscious about lots of things, okay? Now, some of the, the some of these locked in things that can happen in your programming through life can be the following, and these are the what there's heaps of them, right? But there's these ones that I believe are core to confidence issues with horses. The first one is um, a feeling of a lack of security in life, a lack of safety. Okay, so. These people that have this programmed into them, and I know this well because I identify myself in this category, okay, of this feeling unsafe, they're normally people that lack trust, okay? They 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 don't they don't trust first. They need to they need they need trust to they need trust to be built first. They don't just go in and trust. You know how the grave riders they just trust first and wait for the trust to be broken? Yeah. Okay, these people depend to be more skeptical and they feel unsafe. Very quick. So they feel uncomfortable very quickly, okay? So they tend to avoid risks and they really have this inbuilt kind of need for control. That's me, okay? <laughs> I identify I know with that's that too. me, yes, okay? So this is like programming from, you know, when you're very susceptible to being programmed in as, as a child. Now, so you can see that that is a, a nurture thing. The nature thing would say, well, this can be a, a, a personality trait that they label as neuroticism, okay, <laughs> and people sit on the label of neuroticism. But all it is is like 
and horses you can describe it as well is like how much <laughs> how much pressure or situation makes you feel uncomfortable people <laughs> like, like myself doesn't yeah doesn't do much to make you feel uncomfortable and therefore anyone that sits high on the spectrum of being neurotic which I'll label myself and as I said it's just a personality trait that they label okay we seem to see neurotic as someone that's crazy it's just a trait that's labeled that it's how easily you become made uncomfortable okay so if people are made uncomfortable easily you know they avoid risk um, they need to control situations uh, they don't trust and they feel unsafe so these people like myself um, don't like roller coasters and stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> don't like bungee jumping or you know you know going too fast or feeling out of control makes them feel really uncomfortable and is okay? that because we don't Not- trust that we're going to stay safe on there too yeah, absolutely. It's just this horrible feeling of being unsafe. It's really freaking uncomfortable, okay? The, um, the other thing is I remember the first incident I had on a horse that was negative uh, was when I was 10 years old and uh, my pony bolted on me. And why that freaked me out, even though the pony really only did a lap of the paddock and then came to a perfect standstill at the gate, funnily enough, um, is that what blew me away was the sense that this animal had a mind of its own. Yeah. That freaked me out. So what was that? A lack of control and that I was having to deal with this animal that had a brain of its own. That freaked me out because up until that point I was oblivious to it. Okay, (laughs) but to find out like that this animal had a mind and I got to witness it and it took over and it took control, that freaked me out. Okay. So this can be this, this, kind of inherent deep built feeling of not being safe and this easily made to feel uncomfortable this can be a problem with confidence with horses the next one is well the next one i'm going to group together is this sense of your social self okay of how you get on with others and how others perceive you now this here i'm telling you now this is a toughie when it comes with horses this is my absolute tough one to deal with it's when you've been programmed into you that you're not enough you're not acceptable enough you're not lovable you're not good enough you're not clever enough you're not successful enough okay therefore you have um, you know with this like everyone will have it to a degree right however when it's like these uh, people that really have this really strong belief they first of all um, get very worried about developing skills or being able to do something because they just have this voice inside them that says they'll never be able to do it, okay? They're not good enough. They're not able to do it. They're hopeless. However, there's also this other voice that says, you know, you're not likeable and these people get very worried of what the horse thinks of them they get very distressed if they believe the horse doesn't like them or they've upset the horse. They get really impacted by that. So what happens with these people here is that they really struggle to develop their skills. They really struggle to be in, to be consistent with horses and direct and follow through. Um, and they cause a lot of negativity with, with horses. 
And so they usually end up with horses that are, um, that are typically quite stressed and therefore they're not the kind of horse that actually builds any confidence because the horse, they can't get the horse with them. And yeah. So the horse can become unpredictable and stressed and worried. Therefore, you know, and they're always perpetually worried about what the horse thinks of them. And, and, and if they're upsetting the horse, they get very worried by that. Um, and there's the, just like a, a terrible self-fulfilling prophecy type thing is that the horse um, gets worried, then, then they're worried about it and then they can't build their confidence. Um, the next thing is and the final one is that I'll talk about, as I said, all these things are really deep and you can really go into them. The next one is is people that just suffer from anxiety. You know, I kind of put that in the category as well. Suffering from anxiety. Anxiety is terrible because it's putting like terrible thoughts in your head all the time. It could be when you're driving along and start thinking about car accidents or car crashes or catastrophizing. Well, you know, people can be, they suffer from generalized anxiety. So these people can have nothing terrible have ever happened with their horse or to them with a the horse, but they really suffer from anxiety. And the anxiety just also plays into just not their everyday life, but generalizing into their riding as well. So um, there is this, this type of problem as well. Now, the problem with all these with the horse is when the, um, when the fear centres are being turned on or, you know, beliefs are really impacting and making people feel uncomfortable is that the horse needs to become willing and confident and to learn how to be that. The horse draws its security from the person. So horses pick up on the anxiety and, and that kind of thing from the person. Um, so therefore, the person's not um, the person's not feeling safe or secure, or they're feeling scared or nervous. That just that just gets drawn into the horse, because the horse needs the person to be like a filter to the environment. Otherwise, the environment will trigger them. Yeah. So the person needs to be the one where the horse looks to and follows and is guided by. And the person has to have a sense of security within them. So that all gets filtered down into the horse. So you can have the most, you can have someone riding a horse that will, you know, walk through fire or with bombs going off. And you'll think, wow, that horse is amazing. But you give that to someone, that same horse to someone that is really nervous and scared. And that horse is not going to be the same horse because they need that, that they, horses draw that security or that, that focus from the rider and if that's not there horse is not confident horse is not confident rider's never going to be confident <laughs> so do you find that happens over time slowly though rather than a the rider sits on that horse and straight away it doesn't yeah do absolutely yeah yeah well look it depends on the horse because again horses are very what well, I just talked about then horses have similar things they got varying degrees in neuroticism and learned experiences and if they get triggered or you know, or if they're made to feel uncomfortable, you know, some horses might take a, you know, you know, might take five seconds of just someone sitting in the saddle and being tense and they'll pick up on it. Yeah. Other horses might need a few days of their routine being out of whack, you know, yeah. so it depends on the horse. But, you know, I have not met a horse that can cope with someone that's completely and absolutely fearful. I haven't yeah. met that horse truly yet. I've met some pretty exceptional horses that are quite forgiving, but as a general, they'll all get made to feel uncomfortable by the human being uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay, so how do you solve this? This is my tips, right? <laughs> okay, is that really the subconscious mind is kind of 
built in all these, except the person that just lacks skills. Okay. Um, but what you got to do, you got to, you've got to, you got to tackle the associations and the beliefs. Okay. Um, being able to actually consciously be able to identify them or, 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 or think back or really reflect on yourself is really powerful because especially with those belief things, you know, I hope people are listening to this podcast and maybe reflecting on themselves and just seeing, you know, whether does that describe them, <laughs> okay, because how you solve those deep beliefs, you know, how you can overcome and you bloody well can overcome them, right, is that you've got to be able to be conscious of them. Only when they're conscious on them and you can shine a light on them can you fix them. If you remain oblivious to them or ignorant of them, they're just, they just burn away in the background, right? You've got to be able to pull them out and deal with them, okay? Um, and there's some things that, that you can do. There's, there's horse activities that you can do to help and there's non-horse activities you can do to help. Like, you know, with those core belief issues and anxieties and stuff like that, there's non-horse activities such as, you know, therapy and no one should ever look down neg- negatively at doing that. You know, people are experts in this field. They can really help dig those things out, help you become conscious of it and give you a whole heap of things to, to help solve that. Breathing exercises can be very controlling for anxiety, switching off, um, switching off fear centres, et cetera. Exercise is one of the most powerful things anyone can ever do to kind of anxiety and stress and things like that. So there's non-horse activities. But let's have a look at the horse activities which I'm mainly involved in. Oh, can I just say one more non-horse activity that I've found that's been really helpful to people has been hypnotherapy. Yeah, hypnotherapy has been really helpful for a number of clients that have, especially those that have had accidents, and their minds develop really negative associations with things, weather, locations, riding, that type of thing, and, and hypnotherapies really help them. Anyway, back to horse activity. So although it's quite the reason for confidence issues is quite um, complex and, as I said, you can as deep as you go if you want, um, to solve it, it's actually the same process, okay, in my opinion. It's is once you identify, you know, have some insight about what it is. But when you deal with a horse, it's all about showing your subconscious that the beliefs, whether it's the learned negative association or the deep core beliefs are wrong and they have to be altered and changed, okay, so you can reprogram them. So you've got to learn that you do have, you know, learn that sense of control, that you do have control that you can learn, that you can be successful, you're not a failure, you know, you're not unable to do it. And you can learn to feel comfortable with things such as speed. So all those things are possible. So how do you do that? I teach practical skills and I get people off the horse doing groundwork. So you take away the whole ridden problem of the ridden trigger and you show people on the ground. You help develop their skills because the skills you learn on the ground, the timing, the feel and balance, that all goes in the unsaddle. Okay, all those things you could take into the saddle. So you teach skills, you get them off the horse, you teach skills, you teach ground skills, but also what you got to do is you got to change the way that people are seeing. You know how, like, you know, there's a lot out there, you know, in the world today about the power of gratitude. Yeah. And how gratitude and being conscious of gratitude um, can really help reprogram your brain. 
it can because remember the subconscious puts this kind of filter up this lens up yeah and if it's identified something as unsafe potentially dangerous etc it's putting a real negative veil over what you sense okay so what gratitude does being able to observe and identify that's a good thing that horse is doing that well that's a horse i'd like to ride that's a really nice relaxed transition oh my god look how beautiful their canter's getting what that does is that helps overcome that negative lens so that whole concept of gratitude works because it changes the way you perceive the world yeah so getting people off the horse and start seeing that all those things by seeing the horse change seeing being able to actually perceive their skills are increasing perceiving their in their, their, their sense of control etc that really increases that that will that down regulates that the whole fear center things and it it causes growth within the person and, and the building of confidence. So, it, and then this other crucial tip that I'll give people is people don't go put your big girl goddamn panties on. All is you do then is you're just perpetuating yourself to feel uncomfortable and the subconscious goes, yep, see, this is an uncomfortable, horrible thing, dangerous thing you do. And that will just, you know, that'll just, it's just setting yourself up to be unconfident forever. Okay. It's, you know, giving people, I give people the license. You know what? You you only you you don't feel comfortable riding all over your end. Do you only feel comfortable at this end of the arena? Well, just ride down here, okay? You only feel comfortable riding in the round yard. Just stay there. Just ride there. You know, listen to that fear, because I'll tell you what. If you then the people that I've told to do that and giving them license to do that instead of shaming them out and making them go and you know, you know push them out of their comfort zone before they're ready those people they learn it they grow so quickly because they're showing their brain they have all these successful safe rides successful safe rides successful safe rides i've had people that are just started by getting on and off their horse they started there within a matter of weeks they're cantering around you know i started there yeah it's just that it's just you're clocking up you're creating those changes in your beliefs in your mind you're turning off the fear you're showing it that you're safe you're showing it that it can be successful and it downregulates. So you've got to clock up those successful experiences. That's key for confidence. And then you know when you're ready to do the next step. You know when you're ready to leave the round yard. You know when you're ready to ask the horse to move forward and you, you push then your comfort zone. But establish your comfort zone first. No different than how I train a horse. I let a horse get confident before I add on. Exactly yeah. the same thing with a person. Yeah, so they're the um, they're my tips for confident issues. Why they happen? They're complex. If you know them, you can put a spotlight on them and you can deal with them. Doing other things beside horse activities can be really powerful. Okay, and then having horse activities that are all about clocking up successful experiences, put the big girls' panties away, listen and acknowledge your fear. The fear thing is actually a gift. And if you listen to it, okay, you're able to like, you're actually able to get to turn it off faster than if you push through it and ignore it and and is on or cowboy up or cowgirl up or whatever. You know, you cowgirl up and, and that kind of thing when you're ready to do that, you know, when the level of risk is, is desired to be low and so you're going to have a successful experience so you can grow. So there we go. That's my talk on confidence issues <laughs> i feel like i've sat through a therapy session have you how do you feel 
So in listening to that, have you picked up anything about yourself? Oh, absolutely. I think I'm going to have to like sit back and listen to it again. Yeah. No, it's a um, it's a deep. And as I said, if you want me to talk about this issue, I can talk about it for a very, very long time, you know, because it's like, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot about it. I used to, when I first, um, you know, when I first started tackling and I just saw it as people who had bad experiences. Yeah. You know, I just put it down to that. Um, but I now know it's deeper than that. And as I said, it's the real core beliefs which are the toughest to crack. You know, they're really, really tough. So, you know, people can understand something on a real uh, logical level. Yeah. You know, rational. They can tell me, you know. But they only experience the change and the growth and the change in their confidence levels when their beliefs actually get changed. And sometimes that can be, um, you know, just because they hear me say it, they can repeat it back, they know it on one level doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't um, it doesn't actually change therefore they kind of get stuck at the, at the one level they might they might make some changes but they'll always they'll always shrink back to that belief and, and I think if they have come. a bad experience then those core beliefs come back even stronger yeah 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 as I said it's complex people will normally have you know uh, the real tough people to um, to help are those that have had the bad experience. Um, and they've got that, they, they don't like feeling out of control, um, but then also they don't want to upset their horse. And, and so you've got to go. anxiety that it's going to go bad anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so it's like the first thing you've got to deal with is get them to understand the fear, you know, and, and setting that up and building their skills up. Then... Then through that, you got to give them experiences where they can feel like they do, they are in control. But then the last bastion is this, like they don't want to upset the horse. Um, because that, that interferes with their ability to be in control because they won't follow through, they won't work the horse enough, um, they, they, they're not consistent. Yep. So horses don't get that consistency, so they normally end up in horse bonds. So that's the that's the passion that you gotta um, that you gotta that you gotta dig deep into, and um, and that requires a lot of kind of analogies from me to try and uh, trying to get in there to to get them to realize that to to identify it to to see what it what it is and what they are actually worried about. And to be honest, I actually think dogs. <laughs> have a lot to answer for in this regards because you see dogs just give you love <laughs> you know we've changed wolves to dogs right we through many for breeding and breeding and breeding for certain traits we've we've created this um, beautiful animal that naturally attaches to us okay and is willing and bonds very easily and I think people that really love dogs you know and have this beautiful experience with their dogs so you can be really g- g- crappy dog trainer and you still feel love from your dog right horses are still horses they're not dogs versus wolves they're still horses we haven't been able to manipulate them as much and the studies that they've done on horses that horses just don't bond like dogs they're just different okay you really got it it's like horses they don't have that trust you got to build that trust and then they give it to a dogs just trust you up front right well if they know dogs you, love you got them as a pup no they just well some of them don't but they'll that your dog will love you okay <laughs> yeah but yeah. your horse won't necessarily like you you got to kind of work for it so I think people see that ease of the dog and they then they see the horse and it really confronts them because their horse will walk away from them or 
you know, pin their ears at them or get worried by them when they just want to nurture those, those, you know, want to be liked and they want the horse to like them and, and stuff like that. So they really battle with that. So, yeah, I actually think the love of dogs can actually impact on that particular belief in, in humans about wanting to be acceptable and loved and, and not hurt anything and, and, and that type of thing, which is a deep core belief of longing or, you know, lack of or whatever in, inside people that that really has a strong meaning, you know. And I'm not knocking that. I said everyone's got it to a degree. That's what you got to understand. But it's when it can actually limit, it can actually hold you back from actually building confidence, being able to enjoy something that you desperately want to enjoy. That's when it becomes a limitation, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It makes me yeah. laugh though because it reminds me of a conversation we had about the fact that you can train horses but you won't train your dogs because you love them. Oh, I'm a check. I'm a shock. I'm actually got a little bit better. I have to admit, lately, pull <laughs> myself in a line. But um, yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, the lack of boundaries with dogs. This is not cool. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, yeah. I have a good friend Tegan. She might be listening to this, and she always gives me a lot of hell about my um, because I'm very strict with um, very strict with boundaries with horses and very consistent, uh, very disciplined with with um when it comes to my horses but when it comes to my dogs it's like she always looks at me with disapproval and makes fun of me for my um for my you know wicked partially trained dogs anyway I can say Tegan I've got better um but yeah because dogs just give you their love so they kind of melt you know it's it's not yeah it's, it's yeah <laughs> it's not Different. a really good thing yeah <laughs> so fantastic Oh, well, thank you for that, Shelley. That's so all much right. Information. I think that's going to yeah. really be interesting and helpful for so many people. Yeah, thanks. Well, that's cool. Well, you have a great day. You too. And, um, Stay and warm. Yep, yeah, and I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye, Shelley. See you, Kat. Bye. <laughs>